Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome everybody to the Celtic Way podcast. It's wonderful to be with you today. I am here with Executive Director of Celtic Way, Terry Thompson, and Creative Director of Celtic Way, Scott Jenkins. And we all, all three of us, felt it was vitally important to make a little bit of a shift here because as we release this, it is the week of the presidential election in the United States. And we didn't think it was okay to just gloss over this and not talk about it and So that is why we are here today. Yeah, and we felt it was just not just timely, but it's very important for us to express our opinion and our view about the whole electoral process. This election, of course, is very heated in our country, the presidential election, not to mention uh, the number of seats that are up for the Senate. So we wanted to kind of jump right in this, and I want to begin by framing this in a way that I think is big picture. What gets lost in this for me is what is this day really all about? And so many times my friends who are either very liberal and blue and democratic or who are very conservative, red and Republican, you know the drill. It's always about winning. And I just, it's just this is whole either or dualism thing. And this whole winning is so divisive. I don't know about the two of you, but it just begins to wear me out. And I begin to think about what really is this all about? For me, this is about we have the right and the privilege and the responsibility to let our voice be made known. It matters. You know, we what this is about is voting, right? We all get to do that, and that is a privilege. We've, we've lived in Russia for a little while, and it's really interesting to talk to them about forms of government and how blessed they think we are because we actually get to choose. It matters. I get a little taken back as a, as a Christian person, as a Celtic Christian person, forgetting about basic foundational things that makes America so good. I mean, think about, and I know that as we look back on a document that's only a little 200 and some years old, but we can look back and say, oh, wow, they made some really big mistakes here, right? All, All men are created equal. We forgot the women, and not only did we forget them, but we forgot certain men were owning other men and women, you know? So, I mean, is there a lot? to look back and and be critical about, yeah. But we were a melting pot. That was the dream, that we would come from all over the place and we would come together, right, to form this nation. Different languages, different customs, such different backgrounds, and here we all are getting to decide what direction are we going to. I think that every time we have an election like this, we need to stop and remember that this is our roots. Now's the time to reclaim our heritage of being able to vote, that your vote and my vote matter the same. Scott, I really appreciate how you put that into a synopsis because it's so much when we talked about this earlier. And when we were talking about the theme of this podcast, we came up with the title of Unity in Diversity. And remember, we talked about 
what as Christians we're going to be doing during this election and how can we be a part of the solution rather than a part of the problem. And I think unity in diversity is where we all are now. And it's difficult when you, you don't think of all the things that you just mentioned and you're dialoguing with people and it, it immediately becomes divisive and it immediately becomes, if you don't agree with me, then all of a sudden, um, there's going to be this divisiveness between us and, and it gets heated and you and I both know, I mean, politics right now, as much as you can, you can't even have a conversation over dinner that somebody's going to respect your opinion without calling you names, you know? And, right. uh, I'm feeling that there is not a lot of unity in the diversity. I think our country is more divided now than it's ever been. And I think all of the chaos, the disorder, what's going on out in our world because people can't see eye to eye. And after this election is over, what's gonna happen? There are so many people that are afraid, they're fearful of the danger that's gonna come outside of the election, no matter what the outcomes are. So I felt as the executive director of an organization that touts the values that we, we do, it's our place to remind people right now what we need to do to be united in our diversity, regardless of our political positions, and remember that we're Christians after all. Yeah, I would agree. I I think this idea of struggling to even have a conversation without it getting heated, I know I've purposely stayed out of a lot of those conversations because I, I knew I didn't want to get into any sort of heated d- debates because it's not necessary. So I agree with you that it is very divisive right now. But the thing that I find interesting in talking about unity and diversity is much like the world religions, there is much more that we all have in common than we all differ in. So Republicans, Democrats, third-party voters, we all actually have a lot of things in common, yet we often choose to discuss the things that we don't agree with. But I think one thing that is important for this podcast is to help, because we're releasing this so close to when we're going to find out the results of the election, (laughs) to really focus in on how we can view this through a Celtic spirituality lens as well, because I think there's so many good things that Celtic spirituality has to offer us in this exact situation. Oh, I do too. You know, I think about reclaiming our heritage and thinking through a Celtic lens. I would say that tolerance is a big part. You know, historically, when Celtic people moved all over Europe and down the coast of Spain and eventually over to North America, I wouldn't say they were always the most tolerant and peace-loving people in the world. But one of the things they did was they incorporated a lot of different peoples into their larger groups. And that could not have been uh, something that happened easily or quickly. But when you go back to the two great foundations of Celtic Christianity, like where do we get our info about God? The first, what we call the first book of God's revealing God's self to the world, the first book of Revelation is creation. Now, I know, Matt, you live in Wisconsin, and Terry and I live in Colorado, but all we have to do, right, is just to step outside the door and say, holy crap, look at all the diversity. I mean, usually I just say, look at all the beauty, and I don't stop to think about what makes this world so beautiful is the diversity that is there. And oftentimes, and not always, it's all working in concert with one another to make this what we call the ecological system work. You know, Terry was mentioning the title of this podcast, Unity in Diversity. In order for nature to work the way it's supposed to work, that is a requirement 
Otherwise, nature doesn't happen. It doesn't work. Yet we as human beings struggle to, to figure that out, at least in the political arena, I would say. Yeah. The other thing I want to say about this part, this whole diversity thing in nature is, and I, and I do these contemplative walks with people, and every once in a while I'll say, what are you seeing about God? And that always takes people back. You know, it's just like, if you're not used to doing a contemplative walk, sometimes you just don't know what you're doing, right? But you've got to get, you've got to get used to it. But creation in the Celtic Christian world is the expression of the heart of God, right? So diversity is something apparently God really loves. God gets into this stuff, right? And here's the thing. It's not static. It's not static diversity. It's evolutionary. It's growing. It's moving in concert to grow and change together, you know, so that it works, so that it evolves like it's headed someplace, and it overcomes obstacles because things are in harmony. They tolerate one another. Are there skirmishes that happen within the natural world? Of course there are right? But what we miss sometimes over a long period of time is how things evolve and change and grow together to keep the planet alive and vibrant. Now, Terry, like so much of our country's history, the men are doing far too much of the talking to this point. We want to hear your perspective on diversity that you see in your life and in your world. You know, when it comes to this podcast, uh, you know, diversity is is something that we all live with and how we deal with that and how we accept things that are different than our own beliefs or our own skin color or our own nationalities or our own traditions. I, I wish that the politics of today, everybody's always talking about being politically correct. You have to be politically correct. You have to have the proper amount of diversity in your workplace and in your different councils and on leadership councils. And, you know, we're working to, to create a balance there. And I don't understand why it's so polarizing politically that we can't accept one another's differences and and learn from each other's differences and learn to talk to one another with respect and with tolerance and with understanding. Bottom line, my feeling is that the generations that have come behind us who are coming up into the world now, they got a handle on diversity. They don't have a problem with labels. I think we have so much to learn from the younger generations, but really it's those of us who are in the middle, I think, that have a hard time letting go of our of our politics and trying to make the world a more peaceful place. And I do think you can have diversity in a peaceful atmosphere. I don't think that it has to be dangerous and I don't think that it has to be polarizing. And I believe that organizations like ours have a responsibility to remind people what walking in the Christian walk is, whether you're a Celtic Christian or you're a Catholic Christian, whatever Christianity that your flavor is, we're all the same and we're all walking the same walk together. And that is we should be holding hands and walking together. I think part of the hope in this is we are seeing the way younger generations are responding to one another. And to me, that gives me great hope of what potentially politically our country could look like even as soon as the next election, even including this election, I think. 
Right. Yeah, I was really privileged to be able to, to have my uh, my 23-year-old daughter home and we got to sit down with our ballots together for the first time and go over all the issues and, you know, sitting there, you know, teaching her how to, you know, read up on the judges. Let's let's look at the different issues and and talk about those and my advice was because this is just how I am. I don't vote party lines. I have a tendency to lean one way. I'm more in the middle as I get older, but it was just really a privilege to sit down with the, with the millennial and, and have the opportunity to see it through her lens, not looking to me for answers, but dialoguing with me. You know, I, I'm, I feel promised. So many more people are getting out and voting in this election. I mean, we're seeing it across the country. The numbers are higher than they've ever been. So there's the growth and the diversity. There's the gift in the diversity. There's the silver lining in the diversity, you know, which again, like nature, there's diversity and there's all the beauty that comes from that. So I'm going to try to keep the attitude of a class half full on all of this and pray that we come out of it learning and being a better nation. I love that, Terry. Now, interesting thing to me is that it seems when you read the story of Jesus, even the early church being formed, diversity seemed to be intentional. Yet it's still something that we're struggling with today. I think we're struggling with being as intentional as maybe Jesus was about it or the early church was about it. Would you agree with that, Scott? Totally agree. I mean, when Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are heavy burdened, you know, the word all just stands out to me. And I just look at him, you know, the people that he dealt with were outcasts from his, from his own religion that he just accepted in. Nobody was untouchable. Nobody was beyond the circle, right? Jesus just kept extending and expanding the love and the reign of God to everybody he met. And by the time, you know, early on, early on, like in the 50s, when St. Paul is writing a letter to these, this former Celtic neighborhood in Turkey, and Paul paints this incredible picture of in Christ, in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, rich or poor. And I just think that it's just an incredible methodology it's not a complete list, right? It was the list that he saw, this radical inclusivity and all the diversity that's in that group today is expanded even further out. So learning to be tolerant of one another, deep listening between one another. In, in the flag of our country, interestingly enough, metaphorically, here we have the red stripes and the blue square, right? And there they are. I mean, such a symbol to me, red or blue, red or blue. No, it's red and blue. And as Christian people, how do we get there? How do we overcome this, this doggone wall between us? And it may have to do with the color of white. I've always thought if the Christian faith had to have a flag, it should just simply be white. It should be our ongoing calling to surrender. To surrender that I think I'm right and you're wrong, to, to surrender the view that I, my view is good and yours is bad. Just to, how do we even deeply listen to one another if we're constantly holding on to our position? You can't listen unless you let go and surrender. And we need a lot of that. 
in Christianity today, we don't listen well. In our society, we are not listening well because nobody wants to surrender their turf. They want to hold on, and that's all that matters. And I don't think that's what it's all about. And I think, Scott, what I see a lot of is I see a lot of people surrounding themselves with people that think the way they do, almost as if to bolster their thought process or their ability to be right in their own mind, at least. And that's not all that helpful because we already think a certain way. So having more people tell us to think more that way isn't as helpful as it would be to sit with somebody across the aisle and have a meaningful conversation. We talk about the white elephant in the room, and that is the recent debates. I mean, that's a really good example of how to listen tolerantly to one another. (laughs) I mean, you know, that's that's a perfect example of what we're dealing with and the behavior that we are experiencing in our world, Uh, getting back to the basics, you know, of respect and tolerance for one another and hearing each other out and listening, active listening. And for me, I mean, we sit here and we talk about tolerance and when we don't perpetuate that behavior at the highest levels, I, I think it's very destructive. Yeah, I do too. Good point. Sad point. I find this in terms of unity, we're in a desert. And I'm just going to say this. Both men who are nominated, are one's want running for re-election, the other one is nominated to, to become president. I'm afraid that neither one of these men know how to lead us into unity. I don't think they've ever been in this desert. I think that's part of the problem we have in our our country today. We need people who have their sights on a unified country more than a party win, more than their platforms all being accepted. A long time ago, uh, one of the few things that my dad taught me was when somebody's elected president, whether you voted for him or not, you get in line and you support the government. That's what you do. Now, my dad was a Marine Corps sergeant, right? So I get that, you know. I went to Berkeley to graduate school, so I didn't quite have that same feeling that he did. But I understand that there's got to be something more important here going on than my view and believing that I'm right. And I'm just going to be one unhappy camper for the next four years if my guy doesn't win. That gets old after a while. We're a whole. We're a nation. We're never all going to agree on everything. No, we're not. We need to destroy our society and our nation and our cities in violence because we don't agree with things. Or we can learn to get along and we can learn to be tolerant in our diversity. And we can learn from one another and hopefully meet in the middle. I mean, that's what democracy is supposed to be all about. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes to me, Scott, that even goes back to your first point about winning and losing. You know, immediately after this election is over, something that's going to happen is that people are going to get focused on winning next time, as opposed to bringing unity to our country that we desperately need right now. Or getting some real, real work done. Right. (laughs) You know, I, I look at this election every four years as a return. It's a, it's, it's, it's a return to the basic stuff that makes us Americans, right? So we fought a war to have a revolution, which I don't support, by the way. I mean, 
that's done. I don't want another bloody revolution. But to look at the election as a as returning to our roots, this is to be a peaceful revolution. The word revolution means to make a turn. We've given a chance here in this country to have a revolution every four years. You know, when the Constitution was made, the word revolution just scared people to death, all the way up in government, all the way down to the lowest poor person, because it meant bloodshed and upheaval. We're given an opportunity for something very different than that. I was thinking, Scott, about your definition that you brought up about revolution. I know it's not your definition, but the definition that you use of being a, a, a point of turning. And one thing that struck my interest is that's also what Jesus talked about when he told us to repent. Both are really defining a similar thing, a, a turning in the direction from where we were going. And I think we can look at those in a similar lens. I do too. And truth be told, let's be honest, for the revolution to return to what it was meant to be, it has to start with me. I need to turning. I need to listen to people who are different than me, to be compassionate to people who are different than me. You know, it gets so, so intense and angry over all this stuff is that people, Christian people will tell me, I hate these people. I hate what they're doing. And I keep thinking, you know, Jesus said, what advantage do we have if we love only those people who love us? You know, I posted something on my Facebook page a couple weeks ago that we should pray for Amy Coney Barrett. And you would think that I just said, let's put Satan up for president or something. You know, I mean, really, my Christian friends texted me. My Christian friends called me on the phone. Some people were bold enough to leave their response right on my Facebook page. And I, honestly, I was a little shocked. I just thought, wow, it's all about my side. God's on my side, I guess, you know. And the reality is I know a large number of people in my own life personally that because of their faith and their faith convictions are choosing to vote Republican. I have another large group of people that I know personally who are choosing because of their faith and because of their conscience to vote Democrat. We have the liberty, the freedom here. We have the liberty and freedom in Christ to vote and follow our conscience. That's where we find the leading of the Spirit is in our conscience, you know? And so, you know, I had a couple of friends, and I was like, so maybe the next Saturday following the election, we should all just get together and pray for our new government. They were like, what? We don't even know who won yet, you see? So they're only going to pray for their for their candidate, right? So if yep. the other candidate wins, they don't deserve prayers or support, right? Well, sadly, I think that's what they're thinking. One of the interesting things that, you know, Celtic spirituality talks about, and I know we've talked about a fair amount, is when it comes to belief, we would say that it's less about what you believe and more about how you believe. I think we can take that same sort of thinking into the polling place that we go to, that it's much less about who we vote for and much more about how and why we vote for that person. And our conscience, depending on how we think and how we believe, 
may lead us in different directions, but to be able to listen to that voice and follow that leading inside of us, uh, I think is likely more important than the person we choose to vote for. I do too. I, do I would too. agree with you too. I yep. think that that's really well put. To be a patriot is to re-engage our beginnings. I really believe that we're lost if we don't engage our beginnings. And we have been very diverse, very different, and unified from the very beginning. We need to return back to that understanding of unity. That unity actually might be more important than all of the diversity. I know that the two are inseparable. They feed each other, but in the end, we need to be a united nation in order to get things done. We all want many of the basic same things, right? We're the only constitution that says we have a right to pursue happiness, right? We, we believe in equality. Let's believe in unity and tolerance and peace among ourselves. It's within our diversity that we will find our greatest strength. Alienating each other only makes us weaker. On behalf of everyone at Celtic Way, we encourage you to get out and vote your conscience and do it with love and grace in your heart and mind. As always, support the podcast by subscribing to it, giving it a five-star rating, and writing a review. Visit our website at CelticWay.org and subscribe to our updates. While you're there, please consider becoming a sustainable donor so that the message of Celtic Way can continue to influence the world today. Also, like us on Facebook at Celtic Way. Special thanks to Gary Davidson and Jazar for the music on this episode.